Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Microsoft Lists, Squarespace, and CrowdStrike. I'm Simone de Rochefort, supervising video producer at Polygon. <gasps> and I'm what? here with Yeah, Mama got a promotion. Now. <laughs> First Simone new title in a while. You, you who do you supervise? Uh, I am going to be supervising our new uh, social video producer who is coming on board soon and who I, I will, I can't mention yet. I don't think, I don't understand these rules around like when you can say who is working for you. Um, but we I, have I new- just imagine it being like Snow White where you sing a song and then all the <laughs> animals come out of the forest and you supervise them. That's that's kind of what I that was thinking. That is also part of the job. Um it when I uh do, you know, go abroad, leave the city, I will be supervising the forest animals. But while I'm in the city, I'll be supervising human beings. Um, no preference between the two. I think I think they both have their strengths and weaknesses. And I'm joined by <laughs> Christina Warren, Senior Developer Advocate at GitHub, and Brianna Wu, Executive Director of Rebellion Pack. Welcome to the show. <laughs> I, I can't. Uh, can you top that, Christina? I got nothing. I got no, nothing. I, 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 I can't. I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking, like, wow, supervising um, producer uh, Simone de Rochefort is, is our podcast co-host, and that's just really impressive. I'm so excited. I'm so happy for you, though. No, genuinely, like, <laughs> this you. is very good stuff. Yeah. Um. Oh boy. Well, we have a pretty packed show for you tonight, so let us get right into it. Uh, we are kicking things off with the third installment of what has to be. The worst rocket rule situation <sighs> of all time. I, although I think this time, I think this time it was actually within the bounds of the the time yes. limit that I had set. So it was def- it was definitely within the bounds, but it doesn't make it any 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 better. I think that you. T- I, I personally blame you for this though, because I think that you tempted fate when you made a joke. I think in in our Slack channel about how if this were to come to pass that the next episode title would have to be something even more ridiculous than lol. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm blaming you I think you that for was this. Brianna. And here we go with our title, oh, well, episode title, Brianna LMFAO. Okay. Mm-hmm. So th- if you listen to last week's episode, the description on that episode is, please, Mr. Elon Musk, wait until Sunday, April 24th to create more news. Thank you. <laughs> yes, this is the episode description. Um, so Elon Musk has... has bought Twitter, essentially. This is not, I think, signed and sealed and delivered yet, but Twitter has accepted the offer. It is accepted, yeah, and he has the the funding. There are ridiculous ways in which this could fall apart. I think think we should just all be honest and and accept the reality here, though, that to me, it seems incredibly unlikely. I mean, I'm not making any bets on any of this stuff because this is well, the whole thing. Well, we've it's just learned bananas. that making bets is a fool's errand. Uh, let me it, walk it is through in this situation. the, you walk the it, situation. Yes. So over a frantic last weekend, uh, working with Morgan Stanley, Elon Musk secured the funding to purchase Twitter. Uh, he's promising $21 billion of equity, uh, and that convinced shareholders to pressure Twitter's board to accept the offer. Uh, the final deal, according to uh, Financial Times, will be financed with $13 billion of debt from Wall Street's largest lenders, $12.5 billion, a $12.5 billion loan secured against uh, Musk's Tesla stake, and then the remaining $21 billion of equity himself. Um, and in response to that, Tesla shares actually fell 12%. Uh, Tesla lost $125 billion in evaluation, and Musk's net worth lost $10 billion, which of course means nothing because when you start dealing with numbers this big, it's all funny money. It remains to be seen, according to the reporting I read, how uh, Elon Musk will come up with that cash portion, uh, but he is apparently ready to sell Tesla shares uh, to secure that. If he, uh, there are a few situations, as Christina alluded to, where this could fall through. Um, if Musk fails to come up with the cash, he could owe Twitter $1 billion for, you know, having to walk away, which is, of course, less than 1% of his net worth. And again, that's why billionaires are bad and we should get rid of them. Um, similarly, if Twitter, like if another person approaches Twitter and gives them even more money, offers them even more money to buy them out um, and they walk, they will owe Elon Musk $1 billion. So everyone is just tossed around their billies. Among the details of this agreement that came out are that Musk's tweets are bound by a non-disparagement agreement when it comes to the company now, which makes sense. 
Um, and I think the largest fallout has been among uh, Twitter employees, of course, who mm-hmm. reportedly are pretty shaken up and upset by this. And uh, I think the um, Twitter users as well, because one of the main th- drivers uh, that seems to be motivating Elon Musk, aside from being the world's richest troll, is this idea that Twitter is the world's public square, which is it is not uh, this idea that Twitter is the world's public square and uh, some of the stringent uh, moderation uh, rules that Twitter has implemented. It worked very hard on implementing over the last few years. Uh, he sees them as too stringent and does not want them. I think it remains to be seen whether what the effects of that would actually be. But uh, Twitter, uh, a lot of people have been loudly leaving Twitter over the last few days. Um, and the the platform has been in a state of chaos. And the only thing that has drowned out the news of Elon Musk's purchase of it or uh, funding of the purchase of it is Misha Collins accidentally coming out as bisexual <gasps> and then walking it back. That was, <laughs> that, which, is which was just fantastic. The only good news from this week, frankly. But OK, so, yeah. That's the situation we're in right now. I think in the last couple of weeks, like every time we've talked about this, we've been like, here's how <laughs> here's how it could still fail. Um, and every time this very rich troll has found a way to keep the the joke kind of going uh, to his own benefit. So I'm certainly not making any predictions about this. It does seem like this will happen. Um, and I know that we... Uh, it, it, it is complicated. It is complicated. So let's talk about it. Um, Brianna, I know you have super strong feelings about it. Do you feel prepared to kick this <laughs> off or do you want us to go first? No, no, you, go, you go first, Christina, and then I will I will I, I will unleash the beast. All right. Sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, look, I have to say, like taking like stepping back a second and putting it aside, like I think the very real concerns of employees and and certainly the, the feelings of some of the users, just from like almost like a, a sociological, like anthropological thing, this is utterly fascinating. Uh, I, I have to say, like if, if I were in college right now, I would be writing papers about this. Like I would be excited to be writing some, doing some sort of deep study about this because this is, to me anyway, just one of the most unexpected and unseemly kind of course of events that in the last three weeks, I I can't ever recall seeing anything like this happen in modern American business. It's Mm -hmm. just ridiculous. And so there's- I think they're saying it is the biggest like activist investor takeover that has happened in in, in tech. Uh, Definitely. Uh, But but also even beyond that, just the way that it's happened, right? Like like going from buying, um, you know- 9% 9% of the company seemingly on a lark and 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 because you were mad that, that an account was suspended or something or 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 because you were bored to claiming like okay well I'll join the board but I'm not going to buy the company don't worry then not being on the board and then all of a sudden being like you know what actually I am going to buy the company and everybody kind of laughing at that and then and then the company being like yeah okay fine we'll we'll sell it to you uh the whole thing is just just absolutely just just crazy and so from like a strictly just looking at it from that perspective, it's also really interesting, I have to say. Yeah, it is totally bizarre, I think, when when you do think about it, because Twitter is not what I would call a super attractive company to purchase at all. (laughs) No, no. Well, I mean, this is the thing, right? I mean, and I have to say, part of the reason that he is able to do this, uh, assuming that the myriad of things that could go wrong don't go wrong. And, and I'm with you. I'm not making any bets on that. I think that people who want to read into, oh, well, he violated this term or that term, no one cares. Uh, mm-hmm. No one is going to hold his feet to the fire for that. Like, we have to, I think, accept that the rules of normal course of business do not apply here. They've never applied here. And that that hoping that this won't happen, I, 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 I look, I have no idea what will happen just because this whole thing has been so, you know, like, just ridiculous. But I'm I'm not making any expectations um, for for this to go any other way than it is seemed to have gone. But I think that like it, it's just I don't know. It, it's just stunning to kind of see how this has all happened. But but at, to your point, Twitter is not a company that I would want to put my money into. And in fact, the reason that they're selling it is because the board. This is what I have to think. This is just my perspective, and I, I don't know any details, obviously. 
earnings. Um, and I guess they still will be coming out on Thursday. I'm not really sure. Uh, okay. I, we're recording this on Wednesday. But, you know, the, the company is supposed to report their, their earnings this week. And given what happened with Netflix and given how that company has, uh, you know, just really been on a downturn in uh, since we talked about it even last week, you know, the, the stock continues to, to tank and more details about that have come out. I have to think that that made his offer, which to some of the investors maybe originally mm. seemed too low, seem actually much better than they could get. And so I have to think that if the numbers were anything other than just knock it out of the park, better than expectations, you know, huge user growth and whatnot, then then I, I what this signal from the board, because this was a unanimous decision, this was mm-hmm. not like anybody pushed back, is that they looked at it and they said, no, we do not have any better chance of getting more more than this. It was very clear that the company was now in play, as we discussed um, last week. So that it, the whole tech is industry spiral that's happening right now is right. wrapped up in yeah. this. Yeah. I, and and, and, and wanna... no one else came forward. You know, yeah. to, to buy it. Sorry, go on, Brie. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Finish your thought. No, but I was just going to say, so no one is buying this. They are, it's not a company that has been doing particularly well. It's never made money and, and it's our place and, and we we love it, but it's also not a great investment opportunity. It's never lived up to, mm. um, you know, the hype of, of the other big social networks. It just hasn't. And so it is one of those things where you have this person offering, you know, uh, uh, an outside premium for it. And, and the board said yes. And, and that's a disappointing outcome for everyone, but that doesn't change the fact that that's where we are, you know? Mm -hmm. So this is, I, I want to be clear. I've had a spectacularly bad, uh, record so far predicting where this is going to go and what's going to happen. Uh, that said, this is this is my thoughts on this. I, I agree with you. It's overwhelmingly likely. I would say probably a four and five chance this is going to go through. This is what I think is in the L column. It's not, like you said, like him going after Twitter employees, which, by the way, is just horrible. Like the, the, mm-hmm. the sexist attacks that he's wrought on like the Twitter legal team uh, is just utterly disgusting. Um, And it's just so far beyond the pale. That's not what's going to stop this. You know, Tesla dropped by $128 billion today uh, in value. Now you look at that over like, you know, a six month period, it's not the end of the world. But if you really think through the details of this, I would encourage uh, our listeners to go out there and read the financial press analysis of this. There are a lot of things here that like from a technical stock buying, like nuts and bolts position could be really bad for Tesla. Uh, Mm. For starters, there's a really, really good argument that Tesla is drastically overvalued. When you start thinking about where they scale from here, it's not physically possible for them to uh, like mine enough uh, batteries to produce cars to keep going at the the rate that they would need to do to you know, meet the entire worth of their 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 stock. It's just physically impossible. Um, if you look at the way he's financed this debt. There's a ton of loss that he's going to have to take literally every single year, assuming Twitter stays at the same profitability, just to pay the interest on the debt that he's acquiring, right? So I think when you mix like the very sharp uh, uh, drop in in uh, Tesla's stock price that he's using as kind of a, a collateral for the for these loans, I think when you look at uh, Wall Street kind of taking a second look at all of this and. And I think, frankly, when you look at his history of kind of, you know, getting interested in one thing and making big promises and moving on, I I think there's a chance there. I don't think it's a large chance, and I don't personally think it's going to happen. But I think those are all factors that could tank this deal in, what is it, six months for it to go to completion? You know, Mm. a lot can happen in six months. Yeah, you've both raised a lot of really uh, interesting, relevant points that I would love to talk about. And I think your point, Brie, about Tesla is it really gets at the heart of something for me, which is that it's absolutely ridiculous how much can happen because of one wealthy person's impulsive decisions 
and moods. Like Tesla is, I think we, we've been critical of it and appreciative of it on our show. I think it's an important company. It made electric vehicles sexy. It made, it inspired other car companies to start making electric cars and to, to push that further towards the mainstream. And that's huge. And it just totally is, it's pretty frustrating that their valuation, even if it is, you know, over, over, uh, Evaluated, as you pointed out, could be affected by this very poor, <laughs> this completely ridiculous action of purchasing a social media company, which brings me to something you said, Christina, about, you know, Twitter is our place. We are among the people that use Twitter and enjoy being on Twitter. Um, I think that that is at the heart of a lot of the problems that we see with social media companies is that Something can be an incredible investment one day and get a lot of users who love it and who are building community there and who love being there. But that can be but but we are ultimately not the stakeholders of it um, and right. the companies are not beholden to us Um Except in, you know, in anyway, yeah. And so something that people love and that people have invested in and built good communities on can become a bad financial investment for the people who ultimately control it. And that's like just another kind of depressing aspect of this. Um, I, can, I do can I think add one more thing, yeah, sure, that go ahead. actually, super quickly. Um, you know, another thing I think just to build on what you're saying about communities there, Simone. And look, I'm not talking any kind of political ideology here. I'm talking numbers, right? If you look at Gab, not a financially successful company, yep. right? Parlor, not a successful a successful company. Truth Social, not a successful company. All three of these have had this quote-unquote feature that Elon Musk is bringing his ideology now over to Twitter in mm-hmm. his public comments to, to bring. And I think there's a very real financial question, like, is this a viable uh, market model? right? Uh, I think the answer is going to be no. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, ultimately, when you're talking about Twitter, you're talking about a business that's literally the size of Olive Garden, <laughs> like <laughs> right. the same, same size company. So, you know, when you're tying all of that to Tesla, I just, does that kind of put you into perspective, like yeah. kind of how I'm thinking about this? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think so. I mean, I still feel like it, the, the Tesla stuff, whether it's overvalued or or, or not, and if people are being you know, like the entire tech sector right now is in a complete kind of dude. You know, like, I looked at my four hundred one k today, and I, that was a oh. mistake. Don't do it if you're thinking about it. Say, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. No, I was going to say I haven't looked at mine because it has been very depressing when I realize like how much money I have lost since November, and and it's like a significant amount of money. And I just can't look at it. It's because all it's fake just too... and it's going to come back. Right. This is what we <laughs> hope, right? Uh, I mean, th- th- this is certainly what I hope. But yeah, I mean, but that's the thing, right? It's, it's like, I, I, I'm not going to read too much into that. You're right. I mean, I feel like there are certain things where if numbers, like if Tesla stock gets in the 600s, there definitely does become a liquidity problem with him. But mm-hmm. uh, that 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 is also opening up that that's making assumptions about that they would make the margin calls and and whatnot. I'm not convinced any of that's going to happen, but regardless, you're right. I mean, it does, it is, it is a notable thing that a lot of this is, is tied on the back of, you know, ultimately the performance of one thing. And I don't know, I think the, there are questions that still haven't been answered. And this will be interesting when more of the reports come out, which is how is he intending? And some of this, we, we won't know until the deal is completed, but it's like, how is he intending to to fund this? What sorts of budgets is he anticipating and whatnot? You know, like what type of operating income and things do you have? Like there, there are a lot of questions about what this would be like, because even though I do believe, uh, controversially perhaps, that I, I do believe that Elon Musk is a better owner than Apollo Global would be. I, I do believe that. That is my opinion. I, I, I think that even with, with all of his problems, he is better than a private equity company who would literally the first day probably lay off half the Got staff. Yeah. Um, 100%. And, and their entire raison d'etre is to exert as much value as they can. And having known people who have worked in those things and, and watched so many brands and things disappear from that, that would truly be sad to me. But 
Like even even if I believe that, you know, I'm just thinking, okay, but what is your plan for for you know kind of funding this, keeping this going, and and as a as an ongoing concern? And I don't know. And and that's I think sort of the the craziest part of all of this is that this happened so quickly, um, and yet we we don't have any sense of okay, well. How is how is he going to do it? Who's going to be handling the day to day operations? Because clearly, mm-hmm. Elon's not going to be the the day to day operations no. guy. So so who is and and what's going to go on there? And I have to think like if if I was working at at Twitter, and uh, I should note I have a number of friends who do work at Twitter in various positions of various tenures, including a, a very good friend who started last week. Oh um, who no! I, who, yeah, yeah, and and so for them, you know, I, like they're ultimately the people I, I feel for the most because this has to be completely destabilizing. I don't know how you can focus on your job, and and then you're also thinking about, well, what's my kind of long term play here? Because this really does not just the cultural changes that will happen with new ownership, whether it was Elon or someone else, but all these other open questions that now are, are things that, um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's easy to play Monday morning quarterback and say prior, um, leadership should have made different decisions. Um, but, but I, I do feel like that is probably if if I, you know, I, they're the people I feel for anyway. So, you know, Kara Swisher had a really interesting tweet today, um, you know, talking about how her theory was Elon Musk's very, Trump behavior all day today was actually a ploy by Trump to get a uh, Musk rather sorry no, uh, to get to get employees to uh, quit and leave. Oh yeah, absolutely. Out of disgust because her theory is with uh, the giant interest payments that are going to be coming, that giant layoffs are coming. Period at oh, Twitter boy. just More to whittle the com- the company down. So yeah. Um, I'm a hundred percent with the venture, uh, you know, these, uh, private equity firms, it's the deplorable, right? Like I, I don't think they should exist the way that they do, but I do think that, you know, layoffs are coming one way or another at Twitter. Oh yeah. I mean, almost certainly, um, which, which again is, is really sad. And, and again, maybe, maybe those things like from a pure, like business, the fundamental standpoint, maybe that is just a reality that people would have to accept. I don't know. The good news is, is that the tech hiring market is incredibly frothy right now. People like other companies are paying ridiculous salaries. Also, there will be lots and lots of venture money for startups and other things. So I think most of the employees, actually, I would say almost all of them, if you have Twitter on your resume, you have lots of options. So you don't have to stay at Twitter. And if you're not comfortable there, you have options. This is not um, we are not in the middle of a recession, and and we are, and especially if you are a tech worker, you are not, um, it, you will not have a problem finding another job that will probably pay you more than Twitter does. But that doesn't make it any less stressful or disappointing, or you know, just like demoralizing to to be there as mm-hmm. it is. But yeah, no, I agree with with Kara on that one hundred percent. I think he's looking, and, and honestly, even if it was just to cut down on the number of people you have to lay off, there's also a certain amount of it where I think it's also just okay. Go ahead and get rid of the people who are going to be the loudest mouths and and cause the most problems. You know what I mean? Like, go ahead and and, and just just make it clear Yeesh. from the get go. You know. Well, we will certainly be continuing to follow this as it continues to surprise us on a hopefully not weekly basis. Like, give us a break from talking about this. No, uh, before we move on, yeah. we have to talk about the trust and safety issues. I mean, we can't just ignore no, of course, that of with course. this with, topic. I think, yeah. I, I think we have to do a, a, an ad read first, though. Yeah, okay, good. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Microsoft Lists. If you are working on a team and you're trying to keep information straight between multiple people, you need a way to keep track of it and you need a way to share it reliably with your colleagues. Are you looking right now for a new way to track and manage work and life from start to finish? Microsoft Lists is here to help you clear your brain space and get organized. And it all starts at lists.live.com. Microsoft kicked off a preview program to try lists with your Microsoft account, all designed for small business and individual use. Start by creating and sharing your lists with work colleagues, partners, your soccer team, or your neighbors. You might create a list of books or movies for your monthly meetings, or track home improvement and important receipts throughout the year. Or you could build out team rosters for your soccer team or volunteer group. 
at lists.live.com. You can get started quickly with ready-made templates. Use filters and views to visualize your information, which means you can have one list with many views. Uh, And then you can share your list as links to get other people's thoughts and work together. This actually, I have a situation that this is perfect for right now where I'm tracking archival assets and like where they come from um, and being able to sort by like, okay, which of these images come from Getty? Which of these images are videos and not images at all? That's super helpful. Filtering is very helpful. You can do a lot with lists. The ready-made templates save you time, or you can start blank and add in exactly what and how you want to track your information. It's super flexible and great for things like uh, work progress trackers, asset managers, uh, and event itineraries. Go and try the preview now at no cost. Go to your browser immediately and type in lists.live.com. That is lists.live.com. Sign up, sign in, track what matters most. Check it out and let Microsoft know what you like and if you have any feature requests. So hoo hoo hoo. Thank you so much, Microsoft, for your support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, uh, trust and safety issues when it comes to Twitter. Brianna, I feel like you are the <laughs> queen of this. Uh, would you like to, I guess, set the set the stage a little bit for like people's concerns? Well, I mean, I, I mean, do y'all? How do y'all feel about this? Because I, I feel like trust and safety is most probably going to be the first thing on the chopping block if the sale goes through. Uh, you know, look at Musk's comments today. It was, you know, essentially the exact same stuff you see on, you know, uh, 4chan, right? About about liberal bias, right? And I, I. I feel pretty strongly that all of those policies are going to be, you know, weakened and many of them are going to be eliminated. I mean, how do, how do y'all feel about that? I, 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 I don't know, honestly, because I, I think I have this like, this hope in me that there's like a justification that those policies make Twitter more successful. I mean, like you were saying, talking about Parler and uh, those other platforms, like they're not successful. And yes, they're younger than Twitter. They don't have the built-in user base. But I think that those policies are part of what makes Twitter special. And it's something that I hope would make it attractive to, say, advertisers or people who have financial pull with Twitter that like, hey, this is a place that is not like a lawless wasteland. Um, so I I have a hope that even if somebody could like come in and throw their weight around, like Musk probably wants to, that there could be pushback there. But I don't know enough about like running a company to know like where that would come from or if that wouldn't matter realistically at all. Like I genuinely don't know because I'm not a billionaire. Um, so th- that's kind of my feeling on it is that I still I like am a, a hopeful, but I have read obviously that like Twitter's uh, lawyer was pretty upset about this, and like the person who had like done a lot to build out that team was pretty upset about this and was concerned. Um, so obviously the worries are are realistic, but yeah, I don't know. That's where I'm at emotionally. I guess you know I was on uh, NBC Nightly News this this week talking about this and, and sharing some of my experience working with the trust and safety team to, you know, improve these policies. And the the impression I very much got over those years of working together was that they would have policies they would want, and it was always a fight with Twitter leadership to get it passed. And mm. when when Jack Dorsey's attention was on their side, that was when they could kind of pull these things over the finish line, if yeah. that makes sense to you. And I think if Musk is that finish line, I I, I don't share your your appraisal okay. of the situation. Yeah. But that's just I mean, I obviously don't work there, but that's that's my opinion based on my experience. Yeah, I just don't know. I mean, I think that obviously the the public statements that he's made have been in one direction and, and have certainly said that he he thinks that the I guess the current policies um are are um 
you know, too strict and, and draconian that, that he's in favor of free speech. But he's also saying that he would he would follow, you know, um, like what the law is. And so <laughs> I, I, which was <laughs> exactly which, which some of these things are incongruous with one another. I mean, I think that it would be I think that anybody who could go into this and think that you could run a platform with 217 million users and not have some sort of trust and safety team. That's just that's just, you know, like like beyond hubris, right? Like that's, it's, I would be curious. I'm pretty sure that they have moderators on, on Tesla's forums for their, their car, you know, their, their car forums. You know what I mean? Like there are just certain things that go into this. And there've been a lot of people who are much actual, like, like free speech, um, um, uh, activists. And I actually think a couple of weeks ago, Yashan, who was the former uh, CEO of Reddit, he was actually a CEO who refused to get rid of some of the most, egregious Reddit communities, he actually, I think, had a really, really good thread about how hard it is to um, adhere to the the type of internet, kind of the old school internet that people like he and Elon came up with. I thought that actually Sean's thread was was really, mm. really good and, 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 and really showed how difficult these decisions are and that these might be things that once he gets in there, realizes, oh, this is a lot harder than I thought. I also think, to be completely honest, as I said, I don't think he's going to be responsible for the day-to-day operations. So whether trust and safety exists or not, I, I you know, I, I, if it's there, I, I'm not sure how much he, he's going to care about it as, as long as maybe there aren't like top-down rules. I'll also say, so I don't know how much will change. I, I'm sure there will be changes, but I, I really can't say if it's going to be better or worse. I, I think that we can all say, and Bree, you can certainly speak more to this because you've had more contact over the years with that team, but I think that that team, as as you know, valiant as their efforts have been over the years, I don't know how successful they've been. And and I also think that some of the policy decisions, especially the ones they made recently, in terms of you know whether what types of, of um, photos or information you could post of people that would be deemed harassment or not, which could then be weaponized by other folks against them. I think some of those things, which might have had good intentions, have had negative consequences. So there are. Um, I just don't know enough, I guess. I, I'm not, I understand why people are are concerned and I think that that's a valid concern. I just think there are too many unknowns for me to personally make predictions one way or another or get too excited or, or upset one way or another, at least right now. So this is, this is my, very much my impression of it. And if you want to like read more about my experiences working with that, there, there are a lot of interviews this week that you can, you can go to, we'll link to some of them in the show notes, but this is kind of the long and short of, of why I think those policies have not been great lately from, from my experience. Mm. So um, in the aftermath of like 2014, 2015, 2016, um, there was a lot of will at the very top to address this at Twitter. Uh, if you remember the culture at the time, you know, Dorsey was getting hammered all the time for the lack of uh, basically harassment features. And I think just like how if you picked up an iPhone from that era today and started using it, and you'd really realize how many features were missing, right? We're used to a lot of these harassment tools today that are built into the current product, but these were, they just didn't exist back then in the same way. So my experience was there was a lot of will, you know, 2014, 2015, 2016. Once Trump was elected, and I'm not saying this to be political, I'm saying like as a matter of history, that was the point that kind of the trolls morphed into a political party, right? Mm. Like first it was like more normal people versus, you know, 4chan, right? And then it became a right versus left match, right? All of these policies. And that made, um, uh, from my impression of it, it really made the will at Twitter to make bold decisions that would piss off half the country. It it made it much a much higher bar to clear. So, you know, my personal impression is that's a lot of the reason why they've been drastically less successful as of late. Mm. When Dorsey stepped down, I was really hoping that a new CEO there would be a good thing. <laughs> it's very clear <laughs> that that's not the case. Yeah. Oh boy. Looking back on our old shows is always an exercise in. <laughs> 
how wrong we've we, been. We live in a freaking simulation and the world exists to make fools of us who have weekly news podcasts that record. <laughs> Even if so you record the right. day before the podcast goes up, the world is like, hey, let's get it. Ilana's right. It is a simulation. Oh, yeah, See? yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It, I, I, I totally... Um, I think you're correct about that. Uh, the The way that the online culture has shifted in in recent years, Brianna, and I, I share. I think Christina's uh, unwillingness to commit to a prediction. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's, you it's could tough. have cleaned up this week, Christina, if you'd bet me again. <laughs> I know. Anyway. I could have. I could have done double or nothing and been like, look, Elon's going to buy it. Um, no, but. Uh... Do you know how many Theranos ballpoint pens you could have bought oh, with all this stop. money? <laughs> We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that because I'm, I'm, I'm very upset that. <sighs> OK, I've trolled oh. I've, I've myself into that case, but we'll talk about it. We'll talk about that later. Did, did you guys see the BuzzFeed article? I have to say, like, and I know that some people are absolutely leaving. And that is, as Simone mentioned at the top of, of the show, I think is is fine. If, if you need to leave for you, that's fine. But 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 Katie Antopoulos, like, wrote, I thought, like, the the funniest thing for BuzzFeed about, like, your about, like, why certain Twitter people will not be leaving it that just completely spoke to me on such a visceral level that <laughs> I, I I know that there are some serious things involved, but that was incredibly funny to me. Okay, I, I'll put that in the show notes, but that I think actually raises a, a question that I have and that I've been wrestling with, which is like, I, I'm of the opinion, like I, I see people tweeting about how, okay, I guess go follow me on Instagram, etc. And my knee jerk reaction to those has been I don't know. Nothing has changed yet. And we don't know what's going to happen. I'm not leaving. But on the other hand, I also see an argument for like, hey, if the user base rebels in this way, maybe that sends a signal. But uh, I think there was a, a thread. A journalist was posting statistics this week of like follower count changes that have been happening on the platform uh, since uh, Musk's funding was secured. Right. Of like a bunch of very hardcore right wing people gaining huge amounts more of followers than they have than they usually do, and um, more left wing people like losing more huge amounts of followers than they usually would gain. In fact, because people are leaving the platform, so I, I feel like it's a really complicated situation where obviously like there's no there's no political victory in staying no. on a social media platform versus leaving one but i do think there's maybe an interesting discussion to be had and like what effect can that actually have as a as a collective action if we do view it as one yeah i mean look my my feeling on this is that if you want to leave you can leave and 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 if you think that that, that is that there's a another place that is a better use of your time and your energy that is completely valid. I have said, at least for now, I have absolutely no intention of going anywhere. Um, that's me. I'm not, I'm only speaking for myself. If, if the platform about what it offers, about the features, the people that are around it, if it changes, if the community changes, that's one thing. But until that happens, I'm not going to make any decisions based on, on who the presumptive owner is going to be just because, I mean, like the reason that Facebook turned into a disaster zone is very little to do with with the fact that Mark Zuckerberg, you know, has been been the leader. Um, and mm -hmm. and so I uh, I don't know. I, I I feel like for for better or worse. I mean, part of me also feels like and and this is a petty thing, but there's a part of me who's like, I was here before you, Elon. I will be here after you are gone, after you've lost interest and moved on to yeah. something else. You know, so I I'm not going to 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 leave this place where I have a a, a really good interactions and 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 a lot of people and a lot of relationships that have been incredibly meaningful to me and important to me, I'm not going to just dump that because he's coming in and, and, um, you know, swinging, um, his Tesla around. Like I'm, I'm just personally not going <laughs> to do that, but, uh, you know, but I do understand that, that some people definitely don't feel that way. And, and I do feel, I do think that there is a good question. I, I do think that in the lead up to this, he had made some good observations about the fact that celebrities and certain people we're not on the platform. I actually think that was a good observation. And, and I think that his, his questions for that, I don't think that his approach of basically being like, let anybody say anything they want um, would be the solution to that problem. 
I, I, if anything, I think that that actually you, you want more content moderation and more rules. If you want to have those types of people on the platform, you want to give them more tools so that they can actually use it and and not be, you know, like just mm-hmm. a, a terrible experience for someone like Katy Perry or, or Justin Bieber or Taylor Swift. But having said that, I do, I do think that there is something to be said, which is why are all those, you know, at one time it was a really big deal for you know, people to have their, to be active on their Twitter accounts. And that hasn't been the case for a really long time um, for a lot of reasons. And I I think that, again, many of them go against his own kind of rationale. But I do think there is something to be said, which is, okay, what could happen? And and I'm not anticipating that he could make these changes, but what could happen that would make this a place that people actually wanted to to join, um, like like bigger users and Mm -hmm. and have people on? I think that was a, a valid um, thing to look at. And, and I, and I think that it's interesting that, you know, you've had like the rise of TikTok and like TikTok comments, not great. Can Mm. be pretty toxic. Instagram comments can be pretty freaking toxic. And yet you have a lot of people who are active in those spaces. So it is sort of interesting, which is like, well, what is it about Twitter that just isn't cool? And I, Twitter's so interesting to me because it is always, always, always consumed so much of the conversation. Yet it's the smallest and the least consequential of all of them. And except maybe yeah. Tumblr, you know, and so there's some of this where we're all in our own bubble and, and, you know, we're, we're, it's very important to us because that's where we are, but it really doesn't matter to the rest of the world. I, 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 so I agree and I disagree with you. I, I agree that a lot of people that say they're going to quit Twitter, I think it's, it's hyperbole. Um, personally, I am not going to quit Twitter, but I can say that over the years, and, and I don't agree with you that Facebook's situation has nothing to do with Mark Zuckerberg. I, I strongly disagree with that, but I do think that all the scandals at Facebook have personally sharply curtailed my use of that platform. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just not a great place to hang out and I don't spend as much time there. Um, I think with Musk running Twitter, I think what I would predict we're going to see is the trust and safety team. Um, you know, basically a lot of the policies rolled back, things getting much worse for women and people of color. And let's be clear, a lot of the fun on Twitter comes from black Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and L- the LGBT community as well. I think it's going to get a lot worse for those communities. And I think two things are going to happen. You are going to have a, a decline in user engagement. Uh, and I think it creates a space where someone could come in and and truly disrupt this. If if your only options for a social media platform are, you know, Facebook, chaotic evil, right? Mm-hmm. And then right wing, right wing, right wing, right wing Twitter, <laughs> you know, uh, that that I feel like that does open up the the market here for something new. I think that there are a lot of journalists that would welcome the ability to uh, interact with important people with less of the toxicity there. And, sure, but don't yeah. you think journalists are part of the problem? I mean, honestly, do I think journalists are part of the problem? How so? I mean, I think that journalists. Are, I think the fact that it is so that the platform is so largely dominated and the conversations and the trending topics and the other things that are so driven by journalists being on Twitter all day. And I say this as somebody who made my career in no small part because of my Twitter following. So I, I'm not like like, you know, you can call me like a hypocrite, whatever, but I, but I'm, I'm fully aware of that. But I think that a lot of that and people kind of feeding into a frankly toxic discourse that they themselves are part of and are like carrying on, I think honestly is is part of the reason why more normal people don't even venture to it because all they see about Twitter is every time it's up on the news and every time somebody's talking about it, it's some honestly usually really stupid thing that that the people are 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 turning into that that I think like the fact that every tweet becomes a story, which I don't think ever had to happen. And then that's something that I think that the the journalists did 100%. And I, I play a role in that, but where every, every tweet becomes a, a story and, and it's, um, I, I think that that's been detrimental to the growth of the platform and, and honestly to the discourse on the platform. I, I agree with that. I think that, uh, respect to both of you, uh, I think a lot of journalists <laughs> are hall monitors and they're 
ultimate heart and the ability to quote tweet and judge the public all day, I think it's very appealing yeah, to people. That, that, that tracks. Are, that <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely tracks. Honestly, probably like you know. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not an arc. Like I've never done that. I'm usually like, I'm, I'm kind of in the mess with it. Like I'm kind of yeah, like, I'm like, there for the spectacle. Let's, oh, let's totally. I'm, I'm yeah. gossiping in the background. Right. Like I, 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 I was always like person who's like, I will let you do that. And I will, I will, I will munch on my popcorn. But yeah, I think there's, there's a truth to that. But I just, I just wonder, like, I, I can't think of a place if I'm, and I'm being completely honest, cause I would be at this place making a mistake, but I can't think of a place that would be any worse than nothing but journalist Twitter. I mean, honestly, like that just sounds to me like the most miserable place. I, I'm not talking about only journalist Twitter. I'm saying I think there is an opening here. Well, I, just to really think big on this, I like look app.net failed, but I think a lot of the the problems with Twitter and Facebook. If you really want to get down to it, uh, Scott Galloway was talking about this this week, and I don't agree with him on everything. But I think he was dead on with this. Is this? a completely free model with social media is actually a very expensive model for public discourse, right? Like you've got, you know, disinformation bots and harassment and, Mm. and all of this horror to go with it. I think that there are ways you could build a platform that is never going to be great because humans are involved, but might have a trust and safety team that has a more uniform set of standards, right? I, I'm just saying that, you know, I, I'm saying ultimately this is a marketplace. Like your social media time is a marketplace. Oh, yeah. And I can tell you for me personally, I'm going to start spending more time on TikTok, right? Uh, I'm going to spend more time uh, doing photography, which I've gotten huge into lately and actually started a decent Instagram, right? I just want to... I, I just want to try something new if Twitter's going to go the way I think it's going to go. Wow. Speaking of being a marketplace... This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace. (laughs) Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Your products, services, even the content that you create. Brianna, you can start a photography website and sell photos. Squarespace has you covered. With Squarespace, you can do such things as sell your products in an online store. Whether you sell physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools that you need to start selling online. You can get stuck in with SEO tools. You can use the suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize your prominence among search results. Or you could uh, get started building just a beautiful website with their best-in-class website templates and customize it to fit whatever your needs might be. Don't want to sell digital physical products or have good SEO? Well, you should have good SEO anyways. You should take advantage of those tools. But you could do whatever you want. You could blog. You could uh, have a portfolio whatever it is. It's easy, uh, as easy as browsing the category of your business and finding the perfect starting template. And then you can customize it with just a few clicks. I've always enjoyed building Squarespace websites. I do find it very fun. And I also enjoy coming across them in the wild and then scrolling down and being like, is it? Is it? Is it? Yes, it is. And it looks really good. Uh, head to squarespace.com slash rocket for a free trial with no credit card required. And then when you're ready to launch, use the offer code rocket to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That is squarespace.com slash rocket. And then when you when you decide to sign up, use the offer code rocket to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for us here on this here podcast. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Shall we move on to this week's dessert? Because <laughs> I want good. some fun. Let's, Let's have it. some fun. <laughs> Christina Warren, the speaking merch of turning, Yeah, speaking of turning tweets into stories, which was exactly what I said no one should do. <laughs> well, so I got a, I got a fun text today. I, I saw that there were some notifications in our Rocket chat, but I, I bypassed those and I opened my messages and I saw this message from Taylor Beard, my friend, saying, <laughs> I'm sure you've already heard about this, but I laughed when I saw this on the NPR homepage just now. And what did I click to find but my own friend and podcast co-host, Christina Warren, being profiled for being the number one consumer of merch for failed companies and or events. 
You <laughs> were written about on NPR by Jacqueline Diaz, um, covering your obsession with buying merch from Firefest, from Enron, uh, from Fast, which we talked about on this very show just a few weeks ago. Uh, and of course, your white whale uh, cursing yourself, Theranos. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. Tell, how did this come about? Tell us about this story. Okay, so when CNN Plus, which we haven't even talked about that um, implosion oh. because there's been so much other drama happening. So when when CNN Plus did, as 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 Neil um, uh, uh, said on on the Verge, like did when the full go ninety um, fast oh. got to level ninety <laughs> faster than any other company has ever gone to ninety. I of course immediately tweeted, "Someone please send me, you know, CNN Plus merch," and. Um, uh, uh, someone who works at NPR, who who's, who I've known uh, for a long time, who recently kind of joined, you know, DM me and was like, hey, I think this would actually be a really fun story. Can I pitch this around and, and get you in touch with a writer? And I was like, sure. And so I, I got on the phone with, with, with Jacqueline Diaz, who was great, and, and told her about my collection, which has been chronicled over the years on this podcast, of, of collecting you no know, merch from either either failed internet spectacles like Fire Festival or of companies that, you know, gone down in flames. And uh, yeah, the, the, the piece went out uh, today, Wednesday, as we t- write about it. I've already done a, a thing for, for the CBC radio, so uh, Canadians. Will have, will have heard me and I've had some outreach from some other outlets too. Like this is, it, I've also had a, um, a number of uh, very kind people reach out to me over email and volunteer to send me their stuff <gasps> that they from, from, from various things. So this is a gift and it's also oh, hilarious. Finally, visibility say, for you. Right? Well, this is, look, I, I, I feel pretty proud because this is now twice that my, you know, Christina postings of just being a ridiculous online person have convinced like, traditional media outlets to write about me. Um, I, Joanna Stern wrote about a Tumblr I created for women wearing Google Glass once that <laughs> found its way into in, into Bloomberg's catalog footage. Uh, every time they would talk about Google Glass or AR glasses, you would see images of my blog, which oh. was bizarre. And now this, which is obviously way bigger than that, where I had, I've had so many people come out of the woodwork that I haven't talked to in years who were like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, so-and-so showed me this. This is great. So... Thank you, Jacqueline, but also all of you, if you see failed company merch, the funnier the better, please. I, I'm willing to pay, um, but yeah. But you're not willing to pay $150 for Theranos ballpoint pens. I don't no. understand this because you would actually use that. Like every time you write something, you're like, you're, I know, you're touching I the god of well, failure well, and fraud. Well, well, <laughs> well here, here's the problem. So I had said offhandedly and I made it into the piece. I was like, I would buy anything from Theranos, even a pen. I would love a ballpoint pen. And then I checked today. I checked um, uh, eBay and a lot of five pens from the from Arizona. So I guess from one of the wellness centers or whatever was up. And it was like $34. And I was like, oh, great. But it wasn't a buy it now. So I put in my max bid. And I'm I'm the high bidder for a second. Then I'm outbid again. Then I decide to go even higher. I go beyond my own personal limit. And I'm like, screw it. I spent $80 on those candy corns. I will, I will go, you know, higher on 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 this. I get, I'm top bidder, then I get outbid again. And then a third time. So once I was outbid at $150, I'm like, okay, this is and there's still two days left on this. I was like, nope, I'm not doing this. Yeah, you got hold this. off. Yeah. Yeah. So look, I will um be probably watching this. As it counts down on Friday and see if I could maybe sneak in and get a last minute offer in. But I, e- even I have my limits. Like there's just, you I, have I, a I can't, rival. I can't. You have a nemesis is what I you do. have. I do. And, well, well, uh, but here's the thing. This is my own fault. Yeah. 100%. Because clearly, and, and I have, a, I have to look and see when this, um, uh, went up, but I have a feeling that it probably went up, um, you know, uh, I, if it, if it, if it did actually go up. Uh, before today, just as, you know, kind of ironic thing. Oh, wow, it did actually. It went up on April 22nd. So this is my bad because I could have actually probably <laughs> no, bought this you earlier. you scooped yourself. I did scoop myself because th- this is completely my fault. I probably could have DM'd the person earlier <sighs> and, and gotten out of this. But now that this has been on NPR, someone knows that there are people who are going to be looking for these things. Yep. So, so I, I've screwed I, I myself. I have a proposal for you, though. I have a proposal for you because I want these too. So I will propose this. If you want to bid on them, 
and you will mail me two of them. I will go have these with you okay. on this. And okay. that way it's a little less egregious. So okay. all right. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. But nobody, no listeners. <laughs> you stay off eBay. We're banning you all from eBay. If we get like scooped by Rocket Fan, honestly, that would be amazing. I would be. I would love that. So it that would be great to me. To be completely honest. So, but yeah, but yeah. So, but but anyway, um, <laughs> I can't believe that that it is a good story. I was glad somebody wrote about it, but I, but I'm still kind of I can't help but be tickled that that this was something that was featured today. It's good. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by CrowdStrike. Here is an unsettling fact for you. 70% of cyber attacks are targeted at small to mid-sized businesses. You might be wondering how serious a cyber attack even is. Well, about half of businesses will become unprofitable within a month of being breached. Cyber criminals know that small businesses might not have the resources to defend themselves from ransomware and malware. This makes smaller companies an easy target, and the ransoms collected can add up quickly. If you want to better protect your business, CrowdStrike has a solution for you. Falcon Pro by CrowdStrike is the cybersecurity solution that your small business needs. It provides superior prevention from cyber attacks, detects malicious activity, and offers immediate response capabilities for your business. And it's all fully deployed in just minutes to protect your organization. Falcon Pro provides features like antivirus protection, firewall management, device control, and integrated threat intelligence all in one cloud-based solution. With Falcon Pro, your systems are protected against all cyber threats, not just malware, even when devices are not connected to the internet. And you can also say goodbye to sluggish antivirus scans and inconvenient reboots that delay your team's productivity for hours and hours and hours and hours. Rated 4.9 out of 5 by Gartner Peer Insights, CrowdStrike is the cybersecurity that your team needs. Head to CrowdStrike.com slash Rocket to start a free 15-day trial. That is CrowdStrike.com slash Rocket for a free 15-day trial of CrowdStrike Falcon Pro. Our thanks to CrowdStrike for their support of this show and Relay FM. Brianna, what are you up to this week? So I literally shipped a $100,000 ad campaign today across wow. television, radio, internet, digital, static. Um, and I'm going to do another 100000 oh tomorrow. <gasps> um, I was basically given a massive budget about a week ago and said, you've got two weeks until the election. Go put together a team. Oh I, goodness. in the midst of a week, I... I I had to get the money there. I had to do polling to figure out what the messaging in the district was going to be to make it effective. I had to uh, produce the ads. I had to go to television and radio stations to to buy the ads. I had to go through voter data uh, and third-party data to like build an audience cohort that would be responsive to my message. I had to clear it with legal, and I had to put a data team in place to analyze results after the election so we can figure out what works and what did, doesn't. And I did that all in a week. That's amazing. So I actually, I, yeah, there are days I go, am I good at my job? And I actually think I'm pretty good at my job. So yeah, I think you might be. That's what I'm up to. <laughs> that's what that's I'm amazing. up to. Christina, what about you? Uh, yeah. So I'm just like writing the tidal wave of, of, uh, of merch fame. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no so so uh, the first episode of the download went up last week. Uh, next oh. episode will be up this week, which is great. Thank you for people who watched and subscribed. Um, and I'm flying to Atlanta on uh, Friday because, and this is, I just, I can't believe how much time has passed. Um, the baby, my, my nephew turns one. Oh my goodness. On, on, on Sunday. So... I will be there for um, uh, his birthday, and and I'm actually going to stay all the way through Mother's Day. So I will be recording from Atlanta uh, next week, and um, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm going uh, back to, uh, to Atlanta to to visit my family for his birthday and the christenings happening at the same time, and it's a whole thing. So I'm I'm very uh, I'm very excited to see people, but yeah, that's that's what I'm doing is I am uh, packing 
and and leaving for for 10 days. I'm so jealous. I'm going to take a vacation after the election's over on the 3rd. I don't know where I'm going to go. I'm going to just get in a car and drive. But that sounds amazing. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I don't have much going on now that RRR is out of theaters. <laughs> I'm just uh, hard at work. Um, yo, I saw everything everywhere all at once. I, I don't so remember good. if I talked about this last week. I don't think I did. It's so good. You know, I probably did talk about it that last week because it's so good. Um, movies are back, baby. I saw The Lost City. It's quite fun. It's so good. It's so fun. I love that movie. Yes. More like that, please. Um, definitely recommend that if you just want like a really lighthearted romp at the movies. And it's so like appreciative of the romance genre. Um, and just like a fun tropey time. So, and if you like looking at Channing Tatum, which I do, you'll oh, enjoy yeah. it. I mean, who doesn't? Come on. Yeah. Uh, hey, Christina, where can we find you online? Um, you can find me at Theranos Pint. I'm kidding. Yeah, you can Go find on. me at film underscore girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams. And you can find the videos that I do at work at youtube.com slash GitHub. And Brianna? Uh, you can find me at Brianna Wu on Twitter. Do you have an Instagram to promote? You said you were, are you thinking no, about making let one? Me, I'm the, so I, let me, let me move my own pace. So. Okay. <laughs> I won't pressure you. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter and everywhere else at Doom Quasar. And if you like this episode and at youtube.com slash polygon. And if you like this episode of Rocket, you should review it on Apple Podcasts. That'd be really great. It helps people find the show. And we love it when people find the show. Uh, thank you so much for listening. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 